Photography doesn't teach you to express your emotions. It teaches you to see. I can teach technique, but I can't teach vision. Welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And this is episode 190, 190 for the end of August 2023. And we're 10 episodes away, 11 episodes actually, if we count this one, from the 200th episode. 200. That's, That's a I, long time. <laughs> I'm 200 of anything that I've done, except maybe like... 200 photo books or 200 cats 200 frames on a friday 200 frames yeah, yeah 200 but that will be i don't know when august where we got september october november december so it's two four six eight so it looks like january we'll january will 200. be 200 of a we'll have a little new year slash bicentennial Right. We'll we'll have uh, our champagne here and stuff like that. And I'll get a I'll get a little badge from uh, Podbean. Podbean oh, gives you badges. Yeah, Podbean gives you badges when you make uh, you know certain you know anniversaries oh, or certain uh, milestones in your podcast. So nice. You can put a little badge. I haven't put. I don't know if I put a badge on our site. I can't remember. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> cool. But yeah, two hundred. Wow. Wow. That's. That's a lot. And then next it would be next year will be our tenth year doing the podcast. Started with Tom. Right. I think in twenty fourteen. I think. Yeah, twenty fourteen we started. So yeah. So that would cool. be ten years. Yeah. Which ten would years. make sense every, you know yeah. twice a month for ten years. For the most part. Yeah. So anyway, but we're at one ninety and we're in the middle of August and it's great to be here with you. <laughs> Good. It just seems like so long ago that we've sat down and done this. So I know. Uh, in, in some way, we were talking when we were offline that that time is going by fast in some ways, and, and then in some other ways, it's going slow. I think for us getting together and seeing each other in person, it's been slow. But that's my experience. I don't know what your experience is. You're a busy boy. Just been just been working the day job. Very busy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to unplug. Nice to unplug. Yeah. My phones are turned off. Which is oh like, yeah, I should turn mine. I might fall asleep on you actually, just because Don't. the phones are turned off. <laughs> no, my head starts to go out of the frame. Oh, that's know. not a good sign. That's not a good sign. That's what happens with my students sometimes. I see them dozing off. I was like, oh man, you know, I'm just talking too much. <laughs> you need some fancy music to play in the background. Yeah, I need I need to like drop a pan on the floor. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just did I wake, did I wake you? Up? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, how's how's how are things going on your side of the world? Oh, your... pretty good. We've had some really nice warm weather, mid eighties. Uh, I think today we uh, today was like eighty six Fahrenheit, so that was yeah, that was nice. Um, I don't mind. I mean, some people have trouble sleeping when it's that warm, but I I, I never do. Once I'm asleep, I don't care what the temperature is. So yeah. that's the way I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think it's healthy. If you want sleep, then sleep. Don't complain yeah, about the temperature. I've noticed that I haven't had the air conditioner on as long, as many times as I did last year. Mm. Uh, so it's been a little bit, I mean, even though we had some nasty hot, it's been actually quite nice. These past 
maybe week and a half or two. Uh, so it was kind of mild and stuff. So yeah, enjoyed, right. been enjoying um, not being in air conditioning. I like, I don't mind air conditioning, but I, you know, the bills start to, you know, yeah, <laughs> start to add up. Three hundred dollars just to stay cool. Yeah. So none of that. Oh, and also this past weekend, my wife and I did our our annual salsa vintage. So an, we and make, have we ever yeah. talked about your annual salsa? I don't know that we have or not. Maybe yeah. years ago well, we did. We need but. a picture of the salsa so to show All everybody. Right. Right? Yeah. So you have something to share? Take like the 80, jars? Like jars, yeah. Send them to you in foam boxes. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I wish you could. I really, you know, I see the pictures of it and it makes me like. Every, every year is a little bit different. This year it's. Uh, Got a hot kind of raw green chili. I thought it was jalapeno, but I think it's a green chili. Oh. Like burn when you're right at the end when you're eating it. So, and it quenches real quick. So you have a beer or even a glass of water. It it doesn't, you know, burn your mouth completely, but it's mm. a little warmer than our typical vintages, but I, uh. And you like it spicy? I love it. Uh, yeah, I like it spicy. Yeah. It's sweeter like this it. year too. The, the oh, combination see, of tomatoes and. Again. This is not good. <laughs> so behind me, I'm in the basement of our suburban home. Behind me is a storage uh, storage shelf with um, we have one jar left of the 2021. We probably have uh, a dozen left of 2022, and then we have 65 or 68 of the 2023. And we give them out, or we you know we come to a party or whatever. It's like, oh, well, what are we going to give them? Like a wine? No. Salsa. Salsa. We got plenty of it. <laughs> Everybody loves it. So, does it keep for a year or two? Oh, well, obviously it well, it's canned. It's processed. So, oh, okay. for, yeah. yeah, we can it, and uh, we have a whole assembly line going. We buy the tomatoes from the market garden. We bring it in. We, I spend three or four hours or five hours, depending on how long it takes and how hard it is to get the skin off the tomatoes. Um, core, score, blanch. And then, you know, the skin falls off the tomato and you put them in. My wife cuts them up and does the pepper mix and mix it all together. And then I stir for, we heat it up and stir for an hour. And then okay. we can them. It sounds like you, this is like time-lapse kind of material. Yeah. I mean, you set up a GoPro and do a time-lapse of you guys making this and... Running around, doing uh, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. We'll cut out the little marital disagreement. You know, <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Okay. Go put that good. Put that in that compost. No, I, I I'm stirring this. Uh, well, no, no, do you ever good. photograph? I mean, did, I mean, other than photographing your jars, do you ever? I mean, you're part of the process, so it would be hard for you to actually. Yeah, my hands are, are get all pruny because I'm yeah. I'm dealing with uh, wet product and yeah. hot you water. Should, you should have Mark come by and photograph you guys while you're making it, and so. <laughs> Make it into some little documentary kind of thing. Yeah, apply them with a couple of jars of salsa. That'd be good. Yeah, well, if I was there, you, that was all I would need. <laughs> so. As much as you can carry onto the plane on the way home, right? Yeah. Well, all right. That sounds cool. I don't have any kind of farm growing. I do have a errant tomato plant on my terrace. We don't know. I don't know where it came from, and it's got seven cherry tomatoes on it. And I'm sure when they're ripe i'll make you know i gotta make something out of it i can't just stick it into a salad that would make be such a, a waste. pico or something out of it yeah something that has to you know that's special but i don't know where this plant came from it somehow landed in my plant uh, planter and then 
Cool. And now I have this tomato plant. So, and actually, speaking of that, I don't know. This is I know we're going on about nothing so far, but uh, so what? <laughs> you guys haven't had those um, uh, those red lantern flies yet, have you? In your no, neck of the no, woods? we don't. But you've no. heard about them? Yeah, I heard about them, but that's I think it's more of an East Coast thing. I don't yeah, think well, hopefully it doesn't you know go further than this because they're they're all over the place. They've made it up to my terrace. I live on the twelfth floor, and these little buggers are flying around. Mm. And at first I wasn't, I, I don't, you know, everybody's saying you got to kill them. They're actually kind of beautiful looking. Um, when they're flying, they look kind of dumb, but when they land and their wings are open, they have these red spots and stuff like that. And nice. when I was, photo, when I was filming at the uh, concerts in Prospect Park, they were, they're all over the place and they're landing on me, which is not very fun to have. I'm not a bug person, so, mm -hmm. but they're not bad. They're not like creepy. They just, all of a sudden you feel something in the back of your neck and I pull off and there's this giant and they're big. Okay. But anyway, we're supposed to step on them. And I just feel wow. bad about stepping on them. Like, I have nothing against them, but we're supposed to because they're going to be damaging pests. Pest. Yeah. Uh, but they landed on my terrace, and guess what? You know, this is my terrace. And so I've, I had enough of that. And so smack, smack, smack. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, kind of, they're kind of everywhere. And so hopefully you're supposed to check your luggage before you go someplace because that's how they've gotten over here. They hop oh. in, and they're working their way west, I think, is what the problem is, is they're going to, they started off, I think, in Pennsylvania or Boston, I don't know, somewhere on the East Coast they came in, and now they're they're migrating west. Anyway, I thought I would mention that, so. Crazy. From they have tomatoes to red lantern yeah, flies. I was in Greenwood, I was in Greenwood Cemetery this Sunday, and, uh, you know, wanted to get back into doing some bird photography. I uh, just haven't done it in a long time. And so I was out there and, and it wasn't so bad. They've got these sort of traps to catch them, but I did see a bird. This is funny because I'm looking through my 600 millimeter lens and I see a bird and it's got something in its mouth and it's one of these lantern flies. And what was one of the issues that I heard was that they didn't have any natural predators. Like oh, birds weren't eating them because they're not poisonous apparently, but their look, they're, well, no, their look scares the birds off because they mm -hmm. look like they're poisonous. So I don't know what kind of bird it was, and I looked at the pictures and it was slightly out of focus, but the bird had a lantern bug in its, uh, a lantern fly in its mouth. And I thought, hey, maybe that's the beginning of something. Maybe hmm. we'll start seeing birds start to eat these things, because they don't know what they're missing, because they're all over the place. These things are, so they look like they're very tasty. So yeah, I was out shooting with the, uh, I have to take my lens in, I think, to get repaired. I got this 150 to 600. Yeah. The, um... Uh, this uh, optical stabilization seems to be a little wonky. Like mm -hmm. when I'm when I'm shooting with it, all of a sudden it starts to wibble wobble on its own. So anytime mm -hmm. I'm trying to take a picture, it's going like this. It's going up and down, up, up and, and down, down, up and down. And it goes and and I can't keep the shot steady. And so I'm like, oh, I think I got to take this thing in, which is a real pain because mm -hmm. then I have to go in the city and stuff like that. But uh, but it doesn't start off that way. Like I start shooting, and it's fine. And then, and just, and then eventually, yeah, it starts going. Blah, 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 blah. So, hmm. anyway, that's what I was doing this weekend. I was looking at lantern bugs with my big lens, in, and and actually trying to practice and capture birds again. So I just bought a book on bird photography, like how to be a bird photographer. Yeah, I figured there must someone's going to have some tips. I, I really have to work on. It. I can't get a shot of a bird. I can get them on the when they've landed, but when they're flying, forget it. It's like. And the Fuji camera, sorry, it isn't, I don't know if I'm going on about this, but, right. you know, they, they, 
upgraded these algorithms in the XH2. That's the whole big deal. They've got these, mm. you know, pattern recognitions for finding birds and planes, stuff like that. And this, sorry, this bloody thing, uh, it just, it can't focus on, on things. Like I'm trying to focus. I'm like, there's the bird and yeah. I'm pointing a little square at it and I'm trying to take a picture of it and the thing is out of focus. And I'm like, the bird is right there. Can't you recognize? And then I have to like move the camera to try to find some other place that's within the same range of the bird for it to lock right. on. And then I swing back to the bird. This doesn't happen all the time, but you know, this so, is a very autofocus pre-focus. <laughs> it's it's a I don't you know I I think uh, the cameras are going to need some more uh, firmware updates to kind of really lock onto that pattern focus. So, but no. anyway, I don't know. No big deal. So a couple of things, and we don't, you know, we're just chatty here about photography, so nothing quite off the bat. But I did want to mention a couple of things. First of all, uh, I'm going to be doing, this is for anybody who's in my neck of the woods, uh, who's in the tri-state area, uh, who wants to come to Brooklyn on October 7th. Uh, if you've not heard about the... Um, Scott Kelby Worldwide Photo Walk. Uh, it's back on. I don't know if it was on last year, but, you know, it's been a few years since the uh, pandemic, and so they they stopped doing it. But do you know anything about the Worldwide Photo yeah, Walk? Yeah, I hear about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah if, if anybody knows about it, you can go to look for the, you know, Scott Kelby Worldwide Photo Walk. It's basically everybody in the world who wants a photo walk on this one day, and the proceeds, I don't know where the proceeds, where the money's coming from, but proceeds go to, uh, um, I think this is a school in Kenya or some educational thing in Kenya. So it's all for a good cause. And essentially it's just everybody in the world on the same day doing a photo walk. I think maybe the same day. I think it's the same day. It is the same day, October 7th. They usually had, used to have two days in case they had to have a rain date, but uh, this is Saturday, October. October 7th. Anyway, I did it a bunch of times. I've, I was doing it sort of on a regular basis and did the Brooklyn Botanic Garden, uh, Red Hook. Um, I didn't do Coney Island because there was always someone else doing Coney Island. Mm. Uh, I did Greenwood Cemetery and they almost had a, Greenwood had a cow <laughs> when I got mm. there because uh, we met in front of the gate and then uh, we all walked in with our cameras and the guard was like, oh, what are you doing? I was like, right. we're just, he's like, we're just doing a photo walk. He's like, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, why? It was just a bunch of us with cameras, you know? And he's like, well, wait a minute. And then someone else come out and you're like, you're not doing this for money. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this for money. This is just me leading this photo walk. And I had to explain to them because they didn't want people coming in, making money like on a tour. Right. Or something like that, which is understandable because um, yeah. they have their own tours there. But uh, so I got the, I, I've been running this, I've been doing, I've been leading it for a while. I did, we did one in Red Hook. The week before uh, Superstorm Superstorm Sandy uh, hit, that wasn't the last one because that was in 2012. But anyway, I've been doing it for a while, so the, I get the email saying, "Do you want to lead a walk?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'll lead a walk." So I decided to do it in Red Hook again uh, because I haven't done Red Hook in a while. It's also very photogenic. When you were here, uh, we didn't go to Red Hook, didn't go to Red it, Hook but no. but it's changing. It's it's one of those areas that's also you know, getting redeveloped and actually Superstorm Sandy helped that happen because a lot of places got damaged and then money came in and they're rebuilding, but they're rebuilding the modern stuff. And so it's beginning to lose a little bit of its edge in terms of it still has it, 
still has that oldie edge, harbory, kind of out of the way Brooklyn part. So, you know, right. I figured it was worth a shot. So anyway, uh, you can I'll put the link in the show notes. But um, if anybody wants to join me, it's I, I have it set from ten to two. I don't think we'll go that long, but I like to have the extra you know hour in case people want to hang out and basically walk around Red Hook, take pictures. And then grab food someplace, usually at the food court that's at the place that we're going to meet at. But, you know, we can go someplace else if not. So anyway, I wish you were around for that. It's kind of a nice walk around that area. It's a lot oh, of cool, cool stuff, a lot of cool industrial stuff. So anyway, that's happening. I'm also doing another photo walk not uh, on September 10th uh, in the area around where Brick is. Uh, they're doing a hip-hop um, festival because it's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, but it's also an anniversary of brick and so they're doing a um they're having a street party in front of the building and then there's gonna be two photo walks i'm gonna i'm gonna do uh mm. different times in the hour and just walk around the neighborhood so um i'll put i'll see if there's a link for that but uh you can we can have people but that's you know a couple of photo walks i like doing photo walks these are kind of fun yeah they're fun yeah. i went to the on the biggest photo walk i've ever in my life it was 50 people Whoa! Um, that was, was there uh, someone leading it, or was it just a bunch of people? Yeah, it was a, um, a, a nature outdoor photographer, Dave Brosha. Um, he he did this, this photo walk the week before I did my talk at the camera store on uh, making photo books. Anyway, so there were fifty of us, and thankfully we all split up into manageable groups, and uh, we had to pick a theme. He asked us to pick, you know, one theme. Didn't matter what it was. That's Mine was yeah taking pictures of people on uh, a photo walk that has 50 people. <laughs> so <laughs> my subject was the people. The people in the walk or just people? The people, people in the walk, yeah. People in Dealing the walk. Dealing with the okay. cameras, various skill levels and interest and all that kind of stuff. So, no, I Actually, had, a, I, I had that's fun. Actually, a, that's a good idea. I mean, not for the for the Red Hook photo walk. I think I don't tell people to come up with a theme because there's a contest. Mm. in there if they you know i get to pick the winner mm -hmm. but i think for the other photo walk coming up with telling the people having a theme for the hip-hop photo walk would be kind of just something so, something so that you could concentrate instead of going oh what about this wander around yeah wander around that's a good idea yeah. all right so cool. yeah and they're well, on my instagram yeah. stream if you look at the, the last few pictures on my instagram stream or that oh uh, really? that, uh, that photo walk yeah all right cool so we'll do that all right so that's just that's that's my bit of news uh Oh, one other thing uh, I wanted to kick in. This is technical, but, you know, what the heck. Um, people have been posting up stories about uh, using the uh, Photoshop. You know, Photoshop has got this new generative fill thing that everybody's going insane about. You know, it's sort of like uh, it's the built-in AI fill that's in. It was in Photoshop beta. I think it's now in the release version. So basically you can use AI to either fill in empty spaces in an image or add objects within an image, take things out. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. It's a, I can't describe it any other way, but I, I don't know why this just was coming up this week. I think it was in Petapixel and then some other story that people are using it to restore pictures with generative film. Oh yeah. You know, and I was like that, is brilliant. I don't know why it's only coming up now. Maybe someone thought about it and it's just surfacing to the coming up now, but restoring photographs using generative film seems to make the most, well, 
it makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. uh, because have you done any photo restoration in Photoshop? Oh, years and years ago, but not nothing really to. It'd be color correction mostly color and sharpening. Correction, yeah. yeah, done a fair amount of that, but not too much beyond that. Yeah, I I was doing it. Uh, I was actually doing it for some stock photographers once. Uh, they hired me as sort of like their tech person, and every now and then I had to do. Essentially, what would have been generative fill would have helped me out a lot. Mm -hmm. But then in that case, they might not have hired me. <laughs> they, would, yeah. they would have done it themselves. It would have been a little secret I would have kept to myself. Now I'm doing this kind of stuff. But uh, there would be things like they had a, there was a, uh, they had a photograph of one of those uh, smoke shop um, Indians. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was, the wood was split where the, like through the face. And mm -hmm. it was, if you know how to do restoration, it's kind of, I would say kind of easy, but you get to know, like, basically you select the half that's split apart and then you create a new layer and you can join them together. Join it looks them, great, yeah. but it's a pain in the butt. And I was like, what would have happened if I had generative fill to just sort of mm. fill that in? So I have this image that uh, I want to restore. It's a public domain image from my neighbor. And I might have mentioned this in the show before that was taken from I guess from a blimp or a kite in my neighborhood in 19, either 1912 or 1907. I don't remember off the top of my head. And it's a panoramic of my neighborhood. Uh, and my, it, well, not my, exactly my neighborhood. It's the, it's the older neighborhood near the subway, which is called Ditmas Park. Cause it wasn't Ditmas Park back then. It's all these old of you, right? It's east of me, yes. Yeah. And there are all these old houses. They film a lot of movies there and because mm. it, it looks like old neighborhoods. But the houses are from the turn of the 20th century, late uh, 19th century houses, mm -hmm. Victorian houses. Anyway, it's, it's this giant image, very high scan, but it's been broken in half. There's a seam down the middle. Mm. Uh, but there's a chunk of a house that's missing on the bottom right. I want to restore this image. Uh, and even maybe print it out because it's a really beautiful shot. And I was having so much trouble restoring that like missing chunk in the bottom right where that where there's supposed to be a house. And I was like, maybe I was taking one of the other houses and copying it there. And I just couldn't quite get the perspective right. And I just dropped in this this generative fill. I circled it and I was like, go ahead. And I did like maybe two or three iterations of it. And every time mm -hmm. you do an iteration, it gives you three choices. Right. And like through one of those. Like, like Mid-Journey uh, mid does that. Yeah, yeah. But the, yeah, you choose which one you want. And what's really cool is it does it on a layer. So it's not a permanent thing. Right. You can always, yeah. And I did it. And I was like, I found like a house and it followed the road thing. And it made a house that looked, you know, it's it's really in the corner and it's kind of out of focusy, So it's yeah. not a big deal. But it's just something to fill it in so it doesn't look like it's this hole. Mm -hmm. It did it perfectly. And I was like, wow. this is genius. And I just started going around instead of spotting things. So just circling the sky the the part of the sky was um it looked like the print had been this was a scan from a print so it looked like the print had been damaged or didn't get fixed enough so the sky was kind of not cloudy but it looked kind of stained and i was just circling the stains you know and rather than doing um what is it healing or Heal, whatever, yeah, the, or whatever uh, clone the other, out cloning out clone, yeah. forget cloning i was like <laughs> the hell with cloning generative yeah. fill boom done 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 and you know you leave some of it in and some of the stuff, you know, uh, and it was, it was pretty amazing. So the, I don't know, for some reason it, to me, that seems like one of the best uses. Uh, 
mm. of that technology. I mean, I know people want to add, you know, edges to their pictures and stuff like that. And I guess there's some value to that in some way. I have, a, I still feel weird about it. Like adding something that to my own picture that wasn't there. Right. Just doesn't, I don't know, feels weird. But uh, I mean, another use I saw of it, someone was doing wedding pictures of a couple like pre-wedding in some town in I think Scotland and there were these people in the background and they used generative fill to get rid of the people in the background. So it looked like an empty street. I thought that was a really good use of it too, yeah. because, you know, and it, and it, you know, it filled it in nicely. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that people probably know about this stuff already, but I think to me that the kind of seeing that kind of technology for this use just, I don't know, seems to make more sense. And I was like, Oh, now I can, now I feel, I feel good about it. So anyway that was that was i just wanted to mention those things because it's on my mind and uh especially the photo walk too but so cool anyway what do we want to talk about <laughs> like, should, I, well, should i go through my go my go through my experiences of yeah teaching? so we're yeah. yeah we're talking about teaching well, ask me a question. i had my first uh, I'll, I'll start from my end because i don't okay have start from here yeah so actually when i was in my 20s i did a six-week course on photography for the city at the parks and recreation department i don't i don't think i ever told you this no you didn't no this so is i did that new, and i did it from new. uh i did it from an art from art perspective like you know form texture, tone, whatever, color, different aspects of photography and how it relates to art and that sort of thing. And with a, with a context of, you know, not so much how to, how to take better pictures, but more of an appreciation of photography. So you could, you could do this discovery on your own later. Mm -hmm. That seems mm -hmm. to be a theme with me, I think. I can't tell you what to do in this situation or that situation, but I'd like to give you little keys to press or dials to turn that will help give you, help you f with your own vision of things. Mm -hmm. So I did that. I found it really rewarding, but I wasn't invited back. So who knows? Maybe they just, the, <laughs> the, the, re the reviews that we got back, cause I got to see the, I got to see the surveys and they were fine. It was six weeks, like once a week or? Yeah, once a week. So there was a two okay. hour session, six consecutive weeks. Okay. And it was pretty well attended. I think it was 12 people. Did you have to be in, um, like invited after like showing a portfolio or you were just like sign up for it? How did you get no, into it? No, it was friend of a friend. So friend, those, uh, friends in the, uh, in the art department at the university I was working at at the time. Mm. And, um, and then I was like, oh, we, we'd like to do a photography course. How'd you like to try it? Like, there's no risk. Like I'm paid like minimum wage. I don't care, but I'm getting, I'm getting some fun out of this by showing people off of my passion and so on. So, uh, so there was that, that was kind of my earliest experience with t trying to teach people. And I learned a lot, like how to, mm -hmm. how to speak and how to kind of manage student expectations sort of. And then, uh, I did this talk at the camera store here a couple of weeks ago, right? We, we had talked about it on, uh, on the show about how to make a photo book and, um, and I th I found it really rewarding, and I thought that the crowd really got something out of it. Um, and and so I've been kind of thinking about this on uh, uh, what we could, what I could do, what we could do, 
to make, to be able to trans, I, I look at it as kind of transmitting our passion of mm -hmm. photography, or in my case, this more recently photo books to people and how we could, how we could help um, people discover their own passion, or at the very least, be able to give them some tools to create better photographs in a way that isn't just, you know, getting more likes or thumbs up or whatever. So anyway, so, so that, that's sort of all I had to say about it. Or <laughs> don't really have much. It can't be all you have to say about it because uh, this, between your 20s and now, did you ever do any kind of public speaking or speaking about photography or is it like really no, that long no, of a gap? No, no. That, was a, that was a gap, yeah. Really? Well, I got married and we had kids and there was a 20-year oh, gap it? where I didn't do any any photography really yeah. other than holiday snaps and but then you pictures were, of the kids. But you were also collecting books back then too though still, right? Yeah, yeah. books and magazines, yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned this thing in the 20s, in your 20s because the first thing that came to my mind as well was I, when I worked at the stock agents at the Image Bank and I ended up moving into the editing department. Uh, so it was more, it was working there full time and we had a lot of interaction with photographers and we did, um, was it once a year, had a sort of a gathering of photographers, you know, like a, I don't know, what would you call it, like a conference or something like mm -hmm. that. And it would be for like a week or X amount of days and, and we would have, you know, meetings about trends and, and whatnot. And I, I'm usually not a very, I at least like thought I was never a public speaker or something like that, but it was something I'm very passionate about was the photography or in that case, back then it was stock photography. Mm -hmm. It was very easy for me to get up and talk to people, photographers about stuff. Cause I really felt like I knew what I was talking about. So once I got up and, and explained things about, you know, a market, uh, or a style of photography that was uh, coming into fashion or something like that. Uh, it was very easy for me to do that. Uh, and uh, I, I think that sort of carries over. I mean, I, I still think of myself as a shy person. I don't know why. Um, uh, Elizabeth used to say, you pick up, you know, conversations with people just off the streets. And like, oh, that's yeah, true. I saw you work in your magic in Washington Square Park and that, Oh, with the guy, o older with the gentleman guy. that wanted his picture taken too, along the uh, along Central Park too. No, you're you're pretty you're you're all right. You, you yeah, can speak in public. But I just wanted to say that when I gave the talk at the camera store, I, I had a lot of the same feelings, and I think the feeling I had was this is a safe place to share all this. I can share all my nerdiness and my uh, my passion that might be misunderstood by somebody else. Here, I can say. You know, you're shooting street. Well, you know how difficult that can be, and everyone is like, "Hell yeah, no!" And you know, they're kind of they're they're with you, mm -hmm. and that yeah. that makes a big difference. When having the right audience, yeah, it certainly yeah. makes a difference. And in, in my case, with the Image Bank, I had a lot of photographers who wanted to hear what I was saying. Or it wasn't just me talking; it was we had a whole bunch of people talking. But if we were doing a panel or something like that, because they were very, they wanted to make more money or they want to understand what the markets were. They, you know, so they get it, got an audience. Um, I don't want to make this a complaint fest. I, I, I have a, I have a possibility of, of going into plan. So you can rein me in if I go too far, but I've been teaching lately, you know, this, right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, part of the, 
um, there's something that's going on. There's a bit of a disconnect with the uh, people who are signing up for the classes and then what I'm teaching. And so what ends up happening is I just had this this week is there's 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 different levels of interest in the classes I take or I teach. Now, the, I, the three classes I teach are and they're one off classes, too. They're not like a six week course or even a double. Right. They're just the they're just hour sessions or three hours, yeah, three hours or two hours. Okay. One's mobile phone photography, right? Which is which is fine. Actually, I just did one this week, which was on Zoom, which is actually the best way to teach that. And there is an interest in that, but I understand what it is. It's like people want to learn how to use their phones because they're carrying around all the time. And they want to take better pictures. And that's mm -hmm. that's an easy one, right? And then there's the introduction to digital photography, which is kind of the same thing, but it's like, you know, a little bit more involved with the exposure you can triangle. stops and, yeah, okay. Yeah, as much as I can in three hours, right? And, and I try to spend some time. There's no going out and shooting in any of those two classes because there just isn't enough time and there isn't, they wouldn't really gain anything. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I get it. There's the two people want to learn stuff. And so I, I've actually noticed with those two classes, there is more of an involvement because I think people are, they want this information. And so mm -hmm. I think the digital photography class, the introduction, those are the ones I have like some of the best times in. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I got one coming up Wednesday. So a couple of days from now, which is in the afternoon, but that's going to be on zoom. That's not as interesting. It's better in person. But anyway, then there's the street photography class and there's where the disconnect comes in. Mm. There is a whole different, mindset of people who are coming in there because i think street photography is a very nebulous term for right. people who are beginners uh or, or just wanting to get in photography and you know you get all sorts of people who come in saying oh you know i want to learn you know why are you here in street photography well you know i'm a fashion photographer and i'm trying to do this and I'm like, yeah okay that's great why street photography <laughs> like what brings yeah. you here and that's a constant theme in that class mm -hmm. and you know i've got a passion for street photography you know and i talk about it and i've got every now and then i'll bring books with me i, I don't really have a lot, enough time to like hand out books i'm also not a big fan of like handing my book out to everybody and have them right so i gotta get some extra copies of these things so i can hand about and let, like let them thumb through it and make a mess so i don't, I don't like people with ketchup fingers <laughs> yeah touching my books i'm not saying people have ketchup fingers but you know what i mean yeah uh but I, I worked on a class which has a bit of this, you know, street photography history. I don't know if I mentioned, I'm sure I mentioned it to you, but I'm showing your pictures as some of the examples, some of the stuff that you've done. That's very kind of you. You got like, <laughs> I get my own slide with my, you get your one own of my Stampede your Heads pictures with my name on it. It's yeah, you get, you get, you get five pictures, you know, uh, I rotate photographers a lot. I mean, uh, some, some I don't, but sometimes I rotate stuff out just to, just to spice it up a little bit. But yeah, you get you get a little highlighted, especially that picture of like the head on the one side and the the the, the where all your edges are taken up and you have the wires oh, yeah. going across. I was that taking it? I stampede? just posted that as a memory. That was taken during the stampede. Stampede, yeah. yeah. So that was just that was a memory from what was it five years ago? This week it was posted in public at the camera store. Uh, that picture was hanging up on the wall. That was the one that was hanging store. up. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. the one that was hanging up. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my, that's my, my favorite shots of yours, actually. So anyway, uh, so what it, anyway, I, I get into this thing and I've got a, I've got a role and I've got an idea for it. And, 
you know, my thought process is that, especially with street photography or like, I think with any kind of photography is I want to get their eyes oriented and into what we're going to talk about. And so like going out and suddenly like talking to them for 20 minutes about street photography and saying going out and photographing for two hours to me is totally pointless because what are you going to do in two hours? Right. Mm -hmm. You're going to take what, where are you going to apply your skills? You know, it's like, I want you to learn stuff because you get this, you get me for a few hours and you're not going to have me anymore. Like I'm not like, we're not doing a two-parter class. If we were doing a two-parter class, then it would be different, but I only got three hours. And so, so there's a, there's a bit of me talking and showing history and stuff like that. And I think I'm coming, I'm barking up the wrong tree hmm. with this. Uh, and it's a little dis, I don't know. I say demoralizing is maybe a little too strong of a word, but it's in that department. Disappointing. Like yeah. Disappointing. You know, every now and then, well, there'll be a photographer or someone that wants to learn, you know, more about street photography. And I, I get it. That's great. It's, it's not saying it's everybody, but mm. generally it's not as strong as maybe the other classes. I think people come in and maybe it's because street photography is a, is a term that people don't quite no or mm. how do you define it in fact i started off the class saying what is street photography like what is it where are we getting it from what 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 does it mean and mm. i asked people to to ask you know i answer and answer that question um but anyway you know i i come into the class with a lot of passion about that right. and i have to maintain that and i do like mm. throughout throughout the whole class even when i sometimes i'll have a student who's every now and then you'll have someone who's a uh, a bit of a challenge, let's just say. Yeah. Uh, asking questions and, and you know whatever. We we all know that 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 yeah. that challenge and thing. But I I always approach this with as much energy as I can. And actually, I do like speaking in front of people, and I do especially about something that I know about and that I'm passionate about. Uh, but when it's the wrong, I say the wrong audience. It's not the right word. It's when it's the uh, it's not reciprocated. Right. Uh, from the energies, it's it's a real struggle. So um, when you talk about sharing your passion, like how how can we do that? Like how how can I convert people who are maybe not so sure about where they at, where they're at, or what they're doing, or why they're in this class, or whatever? Like how do you convert them to I don't know. I want to say thinking the way you're thinking or thinking the way I'm thinking, but I mean, they're there for a reason, right? They, they're spending yeah. their, their time, you know, maybe they paid a few bucks to get into the class, but they showed up. And so there's some desire for that. And one of the things I need to sort of talk about with the people who are running the class is that like how to approach this in the future. Do I need to, and this is again, the wrong word, dumb down the class is not the right phrase, but yeah, adjust Adjust it for the ex, whatever you want to call it, the experience level exp and the expectations of the yeah. Because I th I think of the um, of the surveys that were handed out after um, my talk at the camera store, and I thought it was kind of telling. There were one or two where they just kind of misunderstood. It was it it's like they misunderstood what the point of the talk was. They thought maybe it should be about photography, and and it, we were pretty clear that the name was how to make a photo book. 
Um, about photography and what about photography in what respect? Like how? Do well, you take about a shooting and composition, about, yeah. and here's how I did this. Here's how I created this picture, sort of thing. So, the, and I don't know what you can do about those folks. I think, I think it, always who, who misread it or just yeah. don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah, but I think um, somehow or other we have to figure out if it's marketing research or whatever the crazy word is of what are the expect actual expectations of the person that are showing up at that class. Mm. If you could find a way to just grab what they understand, what their expectations are and run with it and whatever level they are. And I don't know, as, have you found the experience level or interest varies from class to class or it's to say you have the same kind of quote unquote disappointments? I, I would say it varies, but it's in starting to increase in increasingly become a little bit more disappointing. If that's, I mean, again, it could be seasonal. Yeah. It could be the time of day that the, that the class is run, you know, if it's in the middle of the day, what am I going to, you know, uh, uh, get an audience who who of people who are you know freelancers who don't work nine to five jobs, right? You know I don't know that yet. You know it's still a it's still an open question, but you know when I was saying about I don't know if I come up with a different name than dumbing down the class. I'm just going to say it in, because it's what I'm thinking. Adapt that adapt the class. Even if I adapt the class, I don't necessarily see that that would be a solution because. It might end up being the same. I'm I'm reducing the amount of the expectation of the class, but I still might have an audience or students who are are still in the same boat uh, with in terms of their expectations or or their or their un disknowledge. That's not even a right word, but like not knowing what street photography is. Right. So as much as I drop it down and it come down. It, it it still might be uh, you know not at the level or we might be passing each other mm. no matter what so like why bother reducing you know the um why would i bother doing that because i'm still going to miss they're still going to miss the boat one way or the other right um it's just going to miss it in a different direction right? and we're not going to be talking about the history of photography i'm going to be talking about I mean, what else would I talk about in street photography? I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> I don't know how to change that. I don't know how to change the expectations. In it. Mm -hmm. So like when you were saying there might be always somebody or people in the class who are going to misread or misunderstand what they're coming in for, right? No matter mm -hmm. what you do to change it or no matter what the marketing is to change it or whatever. Um, but how can you still win them over, right? You know, Okay, so they came in about wanting to learn about photography. You're teaching about making a photo book. How can you still say, well, okay, you came in with this, but you're going to leave with excitement and energy regardless, right? Right. Like, how can you take that? And I don't know what the answer is to that. I don't know what, you know, how you can manage that and whether it's just, you know, changing or thinking about how like that you might have that kind of audience and how to how to adjust your your uh, your talk or presentation or is it I mean I don't know what to do I don't know yeah. what, what you uh, would do in your case go back to my experience it was marketed really well and it was described I think it was pretty pretty well described in the in the web materials that went out or the web copy whatever you want to call it the marketing that went out 
on what it was. And then when I started my talk, I told sort of like uh, the introduction to a book itself where you tell people what this course is and what it isn't. And I'm just wondering when I said we're not going to be talking very much about actual photographs, but how to sort them and whatever to put in the book. And I'm wondering if that person who did that survey was immediately disappointed by that aspect hmm. because, you know, and just kind of hung on to that and then kind of tuned out when we, we started talking about the book. It's a good, it's a, it's, it's a worthy question. Like I would want to go to a street, but then I, I understand what street photography is. I would, I would love to sit in on a session or go out with, um, um, one of the known street photographers walking up and down the streets of Manhattan. I mean, I would, or Brooklyn, wherever. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's interesting. It's an interesting point. It just sounds like the expectations don't line up with, to me anyway, with what um, what you're offering. Possibly, you know what? And again, why would uh, anyway would somebody want to come to the class if they didn't know what street photography is? Like, are they thinking they're going to learn this? Or are they just seeing the word photography? ignoring the word street but anyway what just popped in my mind as you were talking because you were talking about your 20s and you were teaching a class somewhere in my past and i can't remember exactly what i think it might have been after i graduated college possibly but i took a photojournalism class mm. with um this guy, Mel Rosenthal. You ever hear of him? No, doesn't ring a bell. New York photographer. I think he's no longer with us. Uh, and uh, it was a it was photojournalism. And I thought that was something I wanted to do, right? I and, did for a while too. Yeah, and I actually, what is it? Was it when you were young too? You know, yeah, be like yeah. a hot shot. You know. Yeah, the the idea of traveling and creating these things that both have meaning or photo photos that have meaning and are aesthetic. I didn't, I didn't think of it in those terms. It was just kind of this subconscious feeling that you were creating something that had some real value for people right, a, in a yeah. spectral way, you know, in a different, different, uh, in, in different ways. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's funny because I had certain ideas about what it meant. And then when I was in the class, I I found out that it was different than what I expected. Mm. And and I didn't like it. Uh or I mean it wasn't anything about the way he was teaching. It has nothing to do with him. I, you know, he's a well-respected uh uh photojournalist in New York City. And uh I didn't know that then I don't think. I didn't he his name wasn't like on my radar as 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 somebody uh who was in this business, you know, like but I, I missed a lot of people back then anyway. I was not a mm -hmm. I was not a name person. But as as time went on, I was like, oh, Mel Rosenthal. Was, oh yeah, he was this. And and when I took that class, and it was a it wasn't for credits or anything like that. It was just like you know, like you said, like a six week class mm -hmm. once a week or something like that, or maybe longer. It might have been twelve weeks. It was a, it was a long time. I I ended up not like this wasn't what I was expecting. It wasn't what I thought, and maybe it was just a different 
style of photojournalism. I just had some sort of idea in my head about what mm. that meant to be, and it wasn't what I thought it was, and you know. And so I, I'm I'm wondering if that's some of the same things that that the people who are coming to see us are are also managing, and yeah. and whether or not you know uh, there's anything that can be done about that, whether it should be done or that's just the way things are, and how does this apply to other photographers? I mean, like most people don't teach, but I think I really enjoy teaching. I really like sharing my experiences of what I do and and trying to express that to other people like say look at you can do this kind of stuff as well mm -hmm. um and so i think this would come up a lot with for for a lot of people you know it's a good opportunity whether it's teaching your group of people or you're showing one or two people something that you're trying to to you know you want to share with them um so i, I think it's a challenge that that we all have to sort of you know, have to f figure it out and uh, whether or not there's a solution i don't know uh it's it's a, just a frustrating part of this sometimes that like maybe just not everybody cares about this stuff. Yeah. The way well, we no, I, no, I don't think it's that. I I I think the the audience doesn't. It seems to me the audience doesn't understand for one reason or another, and I don't know what it is. Um. Do you think it's because photography has changed in terms of how we're now approaching it? Um, yeah, I think I'm it, that, you know what, that maybe people aren't so interested in the history or, or, like, or the technology or no, I, I don't think, well, people that just don't understand the technology, all they know is, uh, you know, I'm just talking general people off the street who don't follow photography, um, you know, in a creative or a, how do I want to put it in a technical yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but everybody's a photographer now. That's, yeah, everyone's that's a photographer, a... but they 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 may not value, and that's a point. You know, they may not value um, may not value the history. Because I, when I was in my talk, um, I I held up uh, Robert Frank's "The Americans" and said, "How many know of you know Robert Frank?" Well, maybe three people. You, know, you, had about, you said you had about 50 people 50 there, right? people yeah. yeah so you know the people aren't and, and i showed i i opened the books up of the you know the, the 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 books that directly were influenced or that i was thinking of when mark and i were working on the book and different aspects mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the cover and all that kind of stuff was sort of kind of roughly based on an old zone system book that i had that had this great patina on it so i knew it would I wanted it to live in that kind of age in that sort of way. And mm -hmm. Robert Frank's The Americans, which is a linear kind of photographic narrative, which is what Mark and I were doing. Um, and, and it was just, just, I was trying to show people how you could bring things together in order to do this creative thing of making a photo book and what options you have in front of you. Can I ask you a quick question? Sure. When you ask, be a long the, question too. Give me a long I have time. <laughs> when you ask the audience, uh, how many people have seen this book, and only a few people did, how did how did that make you feel at that moment? Did you? Oh, did you I did, have an experience? I had to pivot. I know I had to pivot and talk a little bit about what the Americans is. Okay, well that so was a practical I, thing, but I'm just wondering if, like, see, for me, like it happens in my class, right? Like, 
okay, I don't expect him to know Robert Frank just because of the class yeah. and like that. But, you know, I talk about Vivian Meyer, right? And mm -hmm. she, the story of her sort of made the rounds relatively recently. More in that, and that's got a lot of people started into their understanding of what right, they think right. us, um, street photography is. And I'll get people who nod, like, oh, yeah, 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 I know, I know. But more often than not, like, all the names that I show the of all the photographers, nobody knows anybody. And when I hear, especially Vivian Meyer, I was like, no, don't know about that. And and my heart sinks a little bit. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I bounce back because I got a presentation, but there's a little part of me that just sort of, oh. And... And I was yeah, wondering if you I wasn't that... crestfallen at all. No, I was just like, oh, well, then I'm going to have to explain what what this these books okay. are individually. Nobody knows Robert Frank. They're not going to know the other one. So I'm going to go through and indicate what, you know, what was it about the way the pictures were laid out and what the subject matter was. Um, you know, Robert Frank's book is not a travelogue, even though he does go across the country. It is not holiday snaps. It is not all these things it's about the grit and the the kind of under uh, a feeling about mm. you know life and race and danger and space and all sort you know you have a feeling about what it's like to be in the united states after you go through that book and the one nice, the one thing is what it was like in 1960 or 1959. That's what it was like in America. But how much of that tone that you get from all those amazing pictures still resonates today? And a lot. Like the story, it's the same story, really, you know? Yeah. Well, actually, do, do you get people, if, okay, so they don't know Robert Frank, but do they uh, get, was there like nods from what you were talking about. Oh, absolutely. About, like yeah. Okay. So, and I say, okay, so that's so, what, so, so there's that. So there's at so, least that. So yeah. I say, I, and I would say in, in the Robert Frank book, I said, you'll go through this. You may not understand all the pictures. You may not like all the pictures. I don't like all the pictures. It's sort of like, I don't know exactly what he's trying to say here, but I'm getting a tone out of this picture. Mm -hmm. I'm getting a feeling out of this mm -hmm. picture. So somehow or other, he's getting to me in that way. Yeah. So this is kind of the level I was at. So after you go through the book, the Frank, the, the the Americans, you'll have a feeling about what it's like to be in the USA. With Mark and my book, you get a feeling about what it's like to go to a small town rodeo. That's all we wanted. We wanted an impression. Right. So that was like, oh, so now we're thinking we're not just talking about lining pictures up to put in a sequence. We're talking about something bigger what the photo book is mm. and that it's an artwork or and a, and a, a discipline to create different from photography it's a kind of a craft that uses photography as the raw material then you could see the light bulbs go off and the people in the crowd okay it's interesting that you're saying because the, the what's popping in my mind now as in terms of like say a retooling is perhaps Approaching it for me with my audience is not like, oh, here's this photographer, here's this photographer, here's this photographer, but because I break them up, right? You know, here's Vivian mm -hmm. Meyer, here's you, here's, you know, uh, uh, Jamal Shabazz, and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just wondering if what it would be like for me to re edit that slideshow and break those pictures up and put them into a sequence. Yeah. 
Because who who who's going to complain? <laughs> who's going to complain? And well, yeah, who a who'd complain? And B, like maybe it, the photographer doesn't matter. I mean, I can certainly put captions underneath each image yeah, as to who it is, yeah. but like it wouldn't matter to then approach it from oh, this is what this photographer did, this what this photographer did. Like here's a here a sequence of images, and build up towards something, and maybe even tell a story because maybe that's what people want. Like rather than to be, and I'm sure that I'm I'm, yeah. I'm hitting this as I'm I'm thinking about it now. They don't want to be talked to. They want to have a story. They yeah, want, and also wanna... too, I think what I what um, I showed some of Mark's pictures, his amazing portraits from his Hundred Strangers project, and I love the idea of place, right? Time and place and time travel and everything, right? So I would say this picture was just taken a few blocks away from here. You know, you, 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 those, your pictures, right? Uh, your, your zine that I just got that just arrived today, which is fantastic, by the way. Thank you. Thank um, you. Thank for you. creating it. Um, you could just say, this picture was just taken a couple of blocks away. Imagine if you could do that. Like, I'm just trying to motivate people. Mm. And, uh, and that's what, that's, that's what I think I was trying to do. And it uh, seemed like your, your, yours was a success because you had very few, even your criticisms weren't that bad, like the ones yeah. that were. Uh, yeah. So they were. They didn't offend me, or like there was no, one no, good criticism of me showing. It was a the waste books. of time. <laughs> yeah, there was no waste of time. No. Well, the waste of time people that they probably wouldn't have filled out a survey anyway. But um, you know why did why didn't I show pictures from the books instead of holding books open to show? You know that's valid. Right. Oh, you I mean rather they than could like, see like show in, on the screen? Yeah, on the, on the oh, screen, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a practical, practical stuff. Like how would I, you know, how would I know? Then I can, it would be good from a time perspective too. Then I can tighten things up because I'm not running over to grab a book as an example. I'd have it in my PowerPoint. What sorry. And, well, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was thinking no. like, uh, were you all, because you were telling a story about the, process not only the process of making your book but the story of you photographing you and mark at this yes event well not too, too much about the actual not too much well, but not nothing technical about the actual shooting other than number of frames we shot uh we uploaded to my computer to my own computer just well, for what about the i mean the adventure of being there right i mean you you tend to talk about that sometimes right the adventure of being at the I, at the I, um at the rodeo yeah, well, I had one slide that just profiled, had a, over um, an aerial shot of the stampede grounds, you know, when they were, uh, it was not the year that, the, it was not the 100th anniversary, it wasn't nearly as many people there in that picture, but just what it is, and as a cultural event in Alberta and Western Canada, uh, mm. I think everyone uh, should give this a try, a small town rodeo. Um, that it's a very unique Western North American cultural event. And if you're from the city or something and you don't know about this and you don't, you've got to drive on gravel for a few miles before you, mm -hmm. before you get to the stampede grounds. Um, it's a very, a very homey and well, they, their tagline is up close and personal. I mean, you can stand right by the fence. You're just inches or feet away from the rough stock. You know, you can't, can smell the animals like it's all it's very immersive yeah and uh and so 
what we're trying to do with the book was kind of transmit some of that. So it's not just like sport pictures you would see in a rodeo magazine or, or on television. It would be those little moments where you're sitting kind of looking over and you're, you start to stare and you see these little moments. That's sort of and what. And you were being I able mentioned. to transmit that too about the other books that you were showing too. Right? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So there was a carryover from what you're doing and Robert Frank and whoever books you're showing that's yeah. part of the whole process. And and so that keeps them engaged. I just, I'm, I'm thinking this out loud now for the first time. And so yeah. I'm just, no, uh, I'm, you, you're, you're sort of weaving a story no matter what. Um, and, and I'm trying to put, I, I think I was trying to put the, not just a motivation, but if I were you, you've got your pictures, you know, you've got those holiday snaps or whatever. Now you arm them with the idea of what kind of book do you want to do? And I didn't go much into the different kinds just right, right. to say what they were. Um, do you know, do, shooting for a book or shooting from your catalog or not shooting, compiling from your catalog, right? Um, the different, you know, if you're shooting, if you're shooting for a book, for a project, you might think a little differently about the way you shoot than if you're just trying to grab from, and you and I are working on a project together too. And it's sort of like, well, we, we, we're finding all of these images that really don't have much of a relationship to each other. Never, were never shot with the, uh, with the idea of them being grouped together at all mm, and, and, yeah. and going through the sequencing that way, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. And um, this is all very good for me to think about too, because I like for me, I don't want to give up on doing this class. And, you know, I do want to engage people and get them excited. Uh, and not having to dumb down the class, but having to alter it in such a way that I can maybe take some of the hints from maybe from what you're doing, but apply it to what I'm trying to do with people who are maybe, you know, not as passionate about it or don't even know what street photography is, but uh, like there's the opportunity for me to, to, I would say mold them or get them to look at, Oh, that's what this is. You know? yeah. Like some sort of discovery or something like that. Um, but I, I think it's something that a lot of us photographers will have to do at some point, you know, um, yeah. it, it's, it's, uh, worthwhile to consider how to, um, approach the things that we're passionate about and express them to people, uh, who maybe are not initially so passionate about it or who want to learn about it. Yeah. Also too, I think, and I did it, I think a couple of times with, um, maybe in that old parks and rec course that I did. Uh, kind of an impassioned narration of a photograph. Like it, it'd be so much easier for to do it now than it was then. <laughs> um, like what? Explain that. Well, like, well, oh, well, let's uh, pick up, imagine a picture of uh, the sun raking across a uh, city street. There's uh, glass and, uh, and um, steel or whatever you want to call it, aluminum building on the side. Mm -hmm. And there are these diagonal shadows that go into a back alley. And then uh, a man walking across in full stride, lit by the blazing sun when everything in the back alley is black behind him. 
and you're saying, okay, here, look what's going on here. And then you do this kind of like, yeah, this guy is by himself. What does that do? Well, the photographer got it. So he was in full stride. So he looks like he's, he's powerful, but he's tiny in this blackness of this back alley behind him. And you see these diagonal slashes of light and shadow going across. And you're just giving like this passionate description of it. And sort of like, this is something you can do. We've got, you know, where we are, we've got back alleys. Mm. We've got sunny, like it's whatever it is. It's noon now or two in the afternoon. We go out and if it's cloudy, then you, you have something else. You, you, is you this an do. imagined photograph that you're talking about or something that you're actually- I've, It's an imagined show. one, but I'm sure I've done, I've done- Okay, that's like interesting. With the pictures of my, uh, my tulips from the zoo that were on the Kodachrome 25, I showed those mm -hmm. and like- and you see the bright color and how I don't have it in the middle of the frame. And then when I took this picture, it's off to the side and you can see this lush greenery and looks like fern down below. And like you, you trying to, trying to, it's not a passive experience of having, it's not, what is it that the technologists call it? They have it a, a sit back or a lean forward. I don't know what the, <laughs> it's something that just happens to you or something that you have to participate in, you know, watching TV is lean back playing a video game is is lean forward, lean forward or whatever the hell it is but just giving these like passionate descriptions of images and hoping it'll catch and i think you do i think you get people lit up like it's oh we're not just looking at a dumb image we're we're extracting something from it and giving us ideas for how what we can do when we're actually out shooting and then you've got this elevated, I don't know, this elevated feeling is, you know, if you're getting to send the people out to do their, their photography. Uh, well that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look at this. This is, this is actually good that I'm talking to you about this here on, <laughs> on the show, on the show, on the show. Yeah. Hopefully it will help other people as well. Anybody who's doing this kind of stuff, but I'm about to sort of uh, reevaluate this class a little bit. And, you know, I didn't want to uh, say that there's nothing wrong with it, mm -hmm. you know, but I think it does have to be retooled. And I think it has to be remarketed as well. I think there's something on both sides to, in order to get uh, a proper experience. And it's not for me. Like, I don't, you know, if they, if they want, you know, a certain way that the class should be done, and I want to work for them. Maybe I have. To, that's what I have to do. But I think there's room for, you know, coming up with a, a, a sort of some of the ideas you were just talking about right now, incorporating into the, what I'm already doing, and right. then market it in such a way that even if people are coming in who don't know street photography, they can maybe come out of it saying, "Oh, this is what it is, and this is what I can do." Mm -hmm. um, and so I need to sort of craft. Uh, an email this week uh, talking about this. And so this is going to help a lot. So anyway, but just making stuff up, buddy, you're making, <laughs> if this is you making stuff up, then I, I you know, it'd be really interesting when you start thinking of things and you're not making it up. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, I think I've got my job. I've got my uh, homework. So thank you. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we've, we've, you know, I want to say beat a dead horse. We didn't beat a dead horse, but we're at our limit. We're at our time. Okay, we've, cool. We've 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 actually been doing just over an hour these days. We've gotten we've gotten really good at keeping it to an hour. So anyway, I want to um, I want to hold it to 
I want to keep to that schedule. So we're doing good. Anyway, thanks. Cool. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me. What's where where can we find you in the world? Uh, on social media, you can find me. Ah, social media. That, yeah, that thing. The, them, yes. them, their socials. On Vero and Twitter, you can find me at wrosinphoto. At Instagram, on Instagram, you can find me at at Ward Rosin Fine Art. On Facebook, you can find me at Ward Rosin Photo. That's W A R D R O S I N Photo. I have a website that I'm not really selling anything except the odd fine print. Uh, it's at rosin.ca. And I have this little uh, business um, that I, I sell uh, lenses and lens adapters for Sony E-mount and Fuji X-mount. And that is at Ornis Photo, O-R-N-I-S dot photo. And Our, that unofficial sponsor. Unofficial sponsor. Our unofficial sponsor. <laughs> we can't ever say it in sync. We have to say it. I can I can never I can never get through that without stammering. I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, well, now. there you go. Well, I'm like nervous. You. All right. Um, and Antonio, where can we find you, my friend? Yeah, on, on Vero, Twitter, and uh, Flickr, it's a, at amrosario. That's also my website. It's amrosario.com. Facebook, yes, I am a Facebook person. Rosario Photo on Facebook. Our website is streetshots.photography. And we also have a Facebook page. I don't really do a lot on our Facebook page, but if you want to chat with us there, Street Shots Podcast on Facebook. And we've recently started a Substack newsletter. Actually, I have, I'm a little backlogged in sending one out, but join us. Uh, subscribe to us, please. It's uh, free, streetshots.substack.com. We've actually gotten a lot of subscribers. So, And I saw that, and I uh, I got the app on my phone, and it's pretty good. I get notifications when there's new content. Yeah, and yeah. there's actually fantastic. a lot of photographers doing stuff on Substack. I'm, I'm following a lot. So, yeah, f- follow us there. If you want to drop us a voicemail, you can do so at speakpipe.com slash street shots. Um, these will all be in the show notes too. And uh, yeah, you know, if you want to support the other the show also by buying us a coffee, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Antonio Rosario. So that also helps support the show. So anyway, um, we got uh, we got hopefully uh, guests for our next episode um, if, if all works out well. So uh, sometime in September, our next show, we'll, we'll hopefully have some photographers on if that goes well. And so looking forward to that. Yes, sir. No spoilers. So <laughs> no spoilers. All right. Anyway, Ward, thanks for spending the night with me again. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it's my pleasure. it. So, and uh, to everybody and all, uh, have a great week, time period, September, whenever you hear this episode. So, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.